Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, back here on our Tuesday night spot at Stone Cloud, 917 South Husband in Stillwater. Fantastic as always. It's hopping. It is. Big crowd behind us that uh, you can yeah. see some of. Probably see a, a dog or two walk through. I've There's seen lots at least, of dogs. At least four dogs here tonight. This place is is, is, uh, is dog friendly. In case you're uh, you're curious, so it's, it's there's food offered tonight. There is. They have food trucks coming. We have a schedule right here that you can see right. as yeah. well. Zoom in, zoom in there. Yeah. Check out, uh, check out you the, know, uh, the food truck schedule if beer. you want to know. We have Halloween, right. Fall decorations. This place is just jumping. Right. Yeah, it's it's still good enough weather. You can go check out the patio. We yes. haven't talked enough about the patio over the course of the podcast. Yeah, they've got a really sweet patio back there. Maybe we Pretty should move amazing. back up there sometime. We are, we'll have to. We'll have to before it gets too cold. Yeah, because yeah. then we won't want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's uh, let's jump right in. What you uh, what you drinking tonight, Jacob? Oh man, I went I went to the deep in the well here and got in the, got a can from them. Right, called Whippa Snapper. All right, and it's a uh, white IPA, um, and it's really good. It's, Very nice. I've had it before. Um, I'd forgotten about it. And mm-hmm. then uh, they recommended, hey, maybe you'll like this one. And so I took it, and it's really, really good. Really smooth. Um, really good flavor. All right. We'll discuss in a second whose beer this is um, that, uh, yes. that, I'm, that I'm drinking tonight. But I am going, with, uh, I'm going down the IPA Boulevard as well with, with Mellow, a, uh, one, of their, uh, one of their regulars here. That's a good one. I'm really enjoying it so far. It's my first time. I've had a really lot of mellow stuff. at uh, the farmers market in Oklahoma City ah, at Scissor Tail. They uh, they have a farmers market yeah. every Saturday during the summer through October, and Stone Cloud usually has a tent set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had mellow there a lot. Very good. Um, so I, I, as I said, we got to discuss whose beer oh, this yes. is because this beer goes to the person who uh, who wins the pick contest. Uh, reminder before we get into any farther. If you're watching on YouTube, go put your uh, your score prediction for the OSU yes. Texas game in the comments. And we'll uh, we'll give you a free beer that uh, one of us will drink next week. Yeah, we'll drink it in your honor. That's exactly right. Okay, now with respect to uh, to this week's winner, we've got a, we've got a, a situation we haven't discussed because we had several people pick OSU to win. Right. And uh, and one of them was had the closest score prediction. However, we did have one guy come in and pick TCU to win. So do we do we go strictly off scores, or do you have to get the winner right? I think you got to get the winner right. I think so too. I, I think you got to get the winner right. If you don't get the winner right, what are you doing? I mean, right. I, you know, I mean, what are we doing if we give it to someone who, you know, it's it's like the price is right. You go over, it's too right. much. Exactly. So I think the winner. That's uh, that's what I is think. How you have to get right. You have to start with the uh, winner, and then you get the closest score. I completely agree. And as I said, there was only one person who picked mm-hmm. TCU, though he did put his score several times in the comments. I I noticed that. Yeah. He was he was intense about it. He was very very intense. Jesus Pinto, fifty six to twenty one TCU. Um, you know, not real close on the score, but no. he was the only one to get the uh, the team right. Well done, Jesus. Yes. I hope you enjoy so, this beer that Scott I'm, is enjoying. I'm going to drink this Mellow right here for you, Jesus. Yes. So. Mellow's good for uh, for a guy who kind of went a little crazy with the score. So He could stand to Mellow out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. Or just get drunk. Either one. <laughs> yeah. Either one. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll touch a little bit on uh, looking back at TCU. Though you can hear uh, all of our thoughts from immediately after the game on the podcast channel, our uh, Cowboy Walk and Talk that we record after the game immediately. Not immediately. A few hours after. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that. We'll look ahead to Texas, talk a little bit about what OSU players had to say tonight as we give you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look like we do every Tuesday night on what the, uh, what the players were talking about tonight. Uh, and then we'll get into uh, to our, our Stone Cloud six packs la- six yes, pack later. The best some, part of the night. Got some fun stuff on the uh, on the schedule for that. We'll get into all of those things 
uh, as we go along. But let's uh, let's start as we look back at the TCU loss, forty-three to forty in double overtime. What uh, what's what's kind of the lasting impression, Jacob, that that's sticking with you right now? You know, I think we talked about this the other night. It was late. I can't remember now. We we drove back afterwards through a storm. It's been it's been an adventure since. It's been a lot. Um, but I think I still think about the run game. Right. And offensively this time, I think they just couldn't get enough going to open up the offense, and that sticks out to me. But they've got to get this figured out. They've got to get more than Dominic Richardson involved. They've got to do all these different things to get the run game going because if not, Spencer could be hurt. He could be 100% healthy, and it's not necessarily going to matter against some of these teams that are getting ready to play. They've right. got to be able to balance some things out. They do. They're, they're facing some six-man, seven-man boxes and not being able to get more than three yards a carry. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but running backs alone, not counting Spencer and his 68 yards on 11 carries, running backs alone averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, you know, Dominic's numbers were better than that, but they had a couple other guys that had some losses. So it really, uh, really stands out as, uh, I don't want to say a disaster area, but it's, it's, it's heading that, it's trending that direction. Yeah. It's, it's going downhill at this point. I don't think that that Dominic is is the problem, though. I think they need to get other guys involved to, to help him out because he's taking a lot of punishment, and that's going to wear on him yeah. as the season goes on. They need to have those other guys ready. You know, my Gundy kind of uh, kind of reversed the script on me when I asked about him yesterday. You know, it, it, I was suggesting that this line isn't as good as a run blocking team as they were last year. Mm-hmm. He suggested it was more that Jalen Warren was just really good, right? Which the NFL has proven yeah. that he absolutely is. He's backing up Najee Harris in, in Pittsburgh right now, and, and they're trying to get him more involved in the in the game. Mm-hmm. So, Gunny's point absolutely stands. But yes, they the, the Jalen Warren was a special playmaker at running back. Could make guys miss in in very tight spaces, things like that. And it's not that Dom's not a good playmaker, right? Dom can make plays too. He's just a different style of running back, right? And he's not getting. I still don't think he's getting the holes that Jalen got at times. It doesn't feel that way to me. I, no. I feel like the, the run blocking has receded a little bit with yeah. this group. They're a much better pass blocking team than they were a year ago. Yes. And that was the point of the question I was trying to get to with Mike was that it feels like it's flipped where yeah. last year's team struggled to pass block, seemed like a better run blocking team. Now they're the other way around, even though you've got three out of the five guys are the same dudes that were blocking last year. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic that they're dealing with, but they've been really good at pass blocking. The run blocking needs to uh, needs to come along. I think you know you've got a couple of guys that are in their first year as starters on the left side of your line. I think that impacts things with Etn and Maturko. Preston Wilson's in a new position. Preston Wilson was out last week. Yep, missed a, basically a game and a half now. I think that his presence at center is very important. Yes, it is. And uh, you know Hunter Woodard is just extremely consistent at right guard in, in what he does. Right tackle, they kind of bounce those guys in and out. They rotate. Springfield's always been the starter, but but. Queso Brooks will come in and, and see some time. He's been he's, he's been, been really good. good, getting a lot of penalties. Uh, I think he leads the offensive line in penalties, even yeah. though he's like sixth in snaps. But he's been solid when he's been on the field, uh, with the exception of going crazy there in the Arizona State game and <laughs> getting uh, yeah, that per- was, unsportsmanlike that conduct penalties. But that's, uh, that's the biggest area where I think this offense needs to see some pretty quick improvement to open some things up for Spencer Sanders, especially if this shoulder injury continues to linger because mm-hmm. otherwise they're going to have to find ways 
whether it's getting Dom out of the backfield or whoever the running back is out of the backfield, which they which went really well. Yeah, Dom's turned a really good pass catching running yeah. back. Um, that's an area that he's never done much of until this season, and all of a sudden he's becoming really reliable out of there, and it gets him in space. It gets him to where he can do some things to make guys miss or run through some guys. Um, it's it's that's become a very under appreciated part of Dominic Richardson's game, I think. I would, I would agree. Been kind of surprising to see it emerge the way that it has, but he's become a really good weapon that way. I mean, Jaden Nixon got wide open on the wheel route and just yeah. and just dropped that ball that uh, probably would have gone for a I touchdown. He, dropped, he just missed it. He did. He just whiffed. The drop it was, is, drop it was is a, yeah. generous. Yeah. He just missed it. He it went right through it. his hands. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you look back at, at the, the stats from Saturday – John Paul Richardson, Brennan Presley, Dominic Richardson were the most effective pass catchers mm-hmm. in that in that game. I think it was partly because of the way that TCU was covering, yeah. but also partly because the longer throws became an issue for Sanders as we yeah. got deeper into the game. So I think if you give him more opportunities to hit those guys in, in some of the shorter routes, maybe you can make a little bit more of an impact, try to loosen things up. We'll see how they how they game plan around. Because here's here's the thing about Saturday. They had no idea what they had with Spencer. He yeah. hadn't practiced all week. They assume he's going to be he's going to be in good shape, but you don't know what you've got till he gets on the field. Then he comes out, goes seven of ten in the first quarter, and if you're Casey Dunn, you probably settle in and think, okay, this is just a normal day. And then you get ahead ahead twenty four to seven, and you don't really start thinking about you know what what the the implications are going to be with this shoulder injury down the line. And I think maybe they, they didn't react quickly enough when things started to kind yeah. of fade a little bit. Um, anything else? Uh, on the defensive side, I think tackling is the biggest issue. Yeah, that, tackling, that which I think they could be easily fixed for yeah. this team. They've always been a good tackling team until the last two weeks. Right. Um, I think this is just a blip that I think they're going to figure out. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of closing the book on TCU, looking ahead to Texas. Defensive line, I think, has the the most significant opportunity to really yes. make a big impact on this game against against Texas. Yeah, Quinn Ewers does not run. No. He's not Max Duggan. He's not even Blake Shapin. Blake Shapin right. can move. Um, he's not uh, Baron Morton. Right. Uh, I was going blank for a second. Sorry, no. Baron Morton at Texas Tech who ran really well. Yeah. Um, he's not these guys. He's, he's, he's more sit in the pocket, look for passing, doesn't really move. And so now Texas isn't allowing a lot of sacks, but I don't know if they really face defensive line like OSU's yet. And if Derek Mason pins their ears back and lets them go, I think it'd be really interesting um, because they didn't have a lot of impact last week. Some of that's Max Duggan's ability to move. Some of that was Quentin Johnson's ability to, to cause problems in the passing game. So I think you had to be a little more conservative. So I think I think we see them go a little bit more aggressive this week defensively um, because – if they get in the backfield, they're also going to get to Bijan Robinson and and guys like right. that back there too to really kind of wreck the run game too. So I think they're going to be a little more aggressive. I think so too. I think that uh, I think the key is being creative because you can't be bringing the house a lot no. because they've got so many different weapons at, at a variety of positions. Whether it's it's the the tight end who I mean he's he's tight end size but plays like a receiver. Yeah. Xavier Worthy is ridiculous. They've got speed across the board at the receiver positions. Then they've got the two running backs in, in Robinson and Johnson that are uh, are both capable of breaking tackles. So you've got to be you got to be kind of picky and choosy with who you're sending, when you're sending them, where they're coming from, and try to give them some fits. Because like you said, Texas not giving up a lot of sacks, 
even though they've got a, a quarterback that does not take off. He's, he's by yeah. my count, rushed the ball twice uh, on purpose this year. <laughs> Uh, for, a, for a gain of a total of 20 yards, uh, 16. So there's there's no more spy game for right. this defense, which no. is going to help. Exactly. So, uh, But that said, he's only been sacked three times in four games. So that tells you what they can do on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Banks Jr. at left tackle was committed to Oklahoma State for a, a, a decent bit. One of those guys that they found really early. And then uh, I really I, I think he was – he might have been a four-star. I think he was a three-star when he initially committed to OSU. Yeah, and then he got and, up. And then, and then blew up after that. But they're really talented across the offensive line, really good at protecting the, the passer. So it's uh, it's going to be a little bit – I mean, no, I know nobody likes to watch – just sit and watch the trenches. But it's going to be a little bit of, of stars on stars yeah. against uh, on the uh, Texas offensive line. I, I'm really excited for it. I, I, people may not want to watch that, but I want to watch it. I think it's going to be really fun to see what a Colin Oliver, a Brock Martin, a Trace Ford, um, a Tyler Lacey, uh, Ben Kapinski, even a Sione yeah. see what those guys can do to really get to, to Quinn Ewers. Yeah, they've, uh, they've got to make an impact on this game. They didn't really make, yeah. make a ton of an impact, uh, though Gundy said on Monday he was – Pleased with the way they were able to to not let Duggan find a bunch of, of free running room. At the same time, they they weren't putting him on his back. They weren't pressuring yeah. him a lot. They've got to be doing those things to Ewers, who I mean, he's he's still a young guy. He's a redshirt freshman that you assume could be rattled when if if yeah. you're uh, if you're in his grill this, quite this a bit. This seems like a way to conf- he might be a guy that you could try to confuse a little bit with some right. different things too. Yeah, so. I think this is a good week for Derek Mason to, to kind of show his creative side. Yeah, whether it's up front or in the uh, in the back end with what they're doing, yeah. uh, secondary wise. Obviously, a big week for the linebackers because you've got to be making tackles. Um, you know, Mason Cobb has been a really reliable tackler to this point. Had a rough week last week. What four missed tackles? Even though he yeah. still had sixteen. Yeah, four he missed tackles. Had twenty tackles. Think yeah. about it. He could have had twenty tackles. Yeah. I don't know the last time I covered him when he had twenty tackles. <laughs> Even at the high school level. Right. That's impressive. Yeah. He's, he's got a chance to be a really big influence on this game against the run. And then in the secondary, you've got you've to be solid because all these guys, like, like we said, have, things, have ways they can hurt you, whether it's worthy, uh, doing all the different things he can do, you know, the tight end just out-muscling you at the, at the you know, point of the catch, whatever it is. So a lot to, uh, a lot to be worried about if you're, if you're the secondary. And and a lot of that falls on the cornerbacks. The the, the safeties I think are really solidifying themselves. Yeah. Across the middle, Jabbar Muhammad has been solid. Had a rough game against TCU. Quentin Johnston's a monster, though. He I is. don't know that Jabbar did a lot he of is. wrong. There. No. I think it was just, that dude's good. Just Quentin Johnston's an NFL receiver. Right. Like a talented NFL receiver that's going out there and just wreaking havoc on a guy that that I know Jabbar doesn't want to talk about his size. We talked about that last week. Right. It's a little undersized for for Quentin Johnston, and yeah. so that was a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I would expect Corey Black back on the field. Yeah, uh, though he is dealing with a, a hamstring that seems to be nagging him. Cam Smith has been really good as yeah, a, as a redshirt freshman, forced into action when nobody expected him to be playing. He's been uh, he's been really solid in what he's doing. They're not not getting tested as much as I expected. A third string corner yeah. would get tested at this point after two games. So. Be interesting to uh, to follow that along. Um, let's, uh, like I said, let's take the uh, take the listeners behind the scenes into our Tuesday night chats with the Oklahoma State football players. We got three guys tonight. Normally, you get four. Uh, Brennan Presley was uh, he was just so short he snuck out, boo. hiding behind a, a lineman. We're gonna boo Brennan this week. No, boo. don't Not boo really. Brennan. 
Don't boo Brent. He's too nice. He is too nice. He's uh, he he's always helpful nice. to us. But can't, can't complain. But I would like if Brendan to not sneak out. Yeah, would have been fun this to talk to. Fun to talk to. Yeah, uh, we got to talk to Braden Cassidy on the offensive side of the ball, the tight end. That was fun. That was that Hulk was Hogan, good. as I refer to him. <laughs> That's, he looks. He's got a solid, it's a, a straight eighties Hulk Hogan he look does. too. He's just missing the bald spot on the top. That's exactly he's right. He's just yeah. missing the bald spot. But I really feel like he's going to run around and Hulk up and right. what could what Hulk do for you? And, yeah. you know, and, rip the shirt off. And, yeah, and, yeah. He's yeah. um, got that going on for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean Michael Flanagan on yes. uh, on the defensive side and Colin Oliver, who I uh, I, I just I enjoy talking and to that Colin's dude so great. much. He is. It could have been a really fun night with Colin and Brennan. Like a really really right. fun night. It was already yeah. fun. It was. But it could have went really over the top with Brennan too. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those guys, you can get you can get really good football talk from them, and you can go off the rails, yes. talk about some interesting stuff, uh, some some unique stuff, some uh, you know uh, outside the box stuff, yeah. and and have a lot of fun. So, I mean, this close to Halloween, you're gonna have to talk candy with Brennan because Absolutely. he's obsessed. Maybe we can get him next week, right before Halloween. Right, that'd be great. That'd be good. Uh, you got to visit with with Braden Cassidy. Uh, yeah. What uh, what did what did the big tight end, former defensive end, have to say for you himself? You know, he's, today? he talked a lot about being from Austin. Um, he was not a Texas fan growing up. You know, he was part of it was I mean, he didn't wasn't born there. He was there for I think eight years. He said you know, his dad's a football coach, mm-hmm. right. so he was. He said I was a team where my dad was coaching more than anything. So it made a lot of sense. But he's got a lot, he's got some friends on the team. Got a lot of friends coming in town from Austin. Obviously, his mom's coming in town. Um, so a lot of it added, added excitement there. Um, talked about there are barbecue spots, which he lists off a bunch of places I haven't been in Austin, Ooh. Uh, including Blacks and uh, man, I can't remember a lot of them. I'd have to go back to the answer now. But he rattled off some I've never been to, um, and I love barbecue and I love Austin's barbecue. So I got to try some of these places. Um, he didn't name Franklin. I was a little surprised. Seems like everyone named Franklin. But uh, didn't name it. Help me out because I'm drawing a blank. Wasn't that where we went last time we were down there? No, we've not been to Franklin. Where did we go? Uh, Styles and Stitch, right? That's right, Styles yeah, and Stitch. We've been there twice. That's now, right. That's right. Which is awesome. Yeah, that, that place is big time good. Yeah, it's awesome. Franklin is uh, morning wait for like three or four hours. Right. But, right. Uh, he has. He didn't mention that one. I thought I was. I was a little surprised. Um, but he talked about he did talk about um, the run game a little bit. But he also talked about Rashad Owens' move to Cowboy back, which I thought yeah. was fascinating, and how Rashad's picked it up really fast. And talked about how he the only thing that's really been interesting with Rashad is he he knew a lot of the plays already mm-hmm. because of being a receiver and knew a lot of that. But the now there's words certain words they use for the run and their play calling that he wasn't really aware of. He's like, I've heard that, but what is this? And so he's starting to catch on there. Um, I did talk to Braden too about his uh, his post route mm-hmm. that Spencer tried to throw to him right. on Saturday, which blew my mind. <laughs> and even Braden said he was a little surprised that he got that. Right, um, you know, got that pass thrown to him. Um, but you know, he's like, I, I was also hyped up about it too because he knew it was in the playbook. He knew it could right. happen, and so he was a little hyped up too. Um, so overall, good chat with Braden. Yeah. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Also, apparently. The cowboy backs. He kept calling them tight ends, not cowboy backs. I'm on. I'm team tight end. You yeah, know I that am too. I was. I was on board with it. So they go out on Thursday nights for dinner together, and so oh, Rashad's fit in really well there too. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's nice of them to welcome him along. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's being team players. Yeah, I like it was it. good. So you talked a lot to Colin Oliver. We got to talk about Colin Oliver. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, always a blast to talk to. 
he didn't get into uh, you know, and and guys are like this; they don't necessarily want to give away a lot of what's going on or uh, you know what's in the game plan, which is completely understandable. Uh, but we talked a lot about the attack on the Texas offensive line and what that's going to look like, what they've got to do. You know, he didn't go into a bunch of details in terms of what he sees from them, other than just five really solid dudes that, that they've got to deal with. But it is he he did acknowledge that this is a very exciting matchup for them because they know the challenge that's ahead. They uh, they understand that they've got the chance to really impact the game with with this. Yeah. With a quarterback that doesn't move around a lot, they can uh, they can be a little more free in what they're doing. So it, the, the dynamic changes this week for them, and they understand how important it is. So um, we got into got into a, a lot of that uh, that type of talk. Got into um, what uh, he he got asked about Malcolm Rodriguez. Talked very glowingly about his one year with him, how impressed right. he was by you know being around him for a year. And uh, you mentioned that he has played Madden with Malcolm. As Rodrigo? As Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Exactly. I'd, I'd never even crossed my mind that Rodrigo is on Madden this year. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. For some not crossed my mind that you could go play as Malcolm Rodriguez. Right. No. I, uh, and fun. I assume that the, that the video game was made early enough that, that Rodrigo hadn't, uh, hadn't emerged yet. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's like a backup linebacker that uh, yeah. probably doesn't have great. They update weekly, though, on that. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. Well, yeah. uh, that shows you how, uh, so should be good. how I, uh, what I know. I wonder so. if Devin Harper's on the game. That's a good question. Very good. Or Christian Holmes. Rodrigo. You yeah, go, Christian Holmes. Go recover yeah. a fumble with, with Christian yeah, Holmes. Yeah. Just like he but did. Rodrigo. That's fun. Right? It is. So, yeah, he talked about actually you know being that character in the game and, and playing and, and, and really enjoying that. And then uh, someone brought up the idea that you know the uh, NCAA version, uh, the college yeah. football game, is coming back next uh, next summer, I believe. And you know, so he'll he'll be on it. He's going to be awesome. he's going to still be around. And so we got got into uh, uh, now he's he went really deep into the, into the weeds because I haven't touched a uh, a video game in uh, in years. But me. he was uh, he was really deep into you know what he thought his strongest qualities were going to be. Uh, finesse moves. He thinks that that should be his uh, oh. one of his uh, one of his key areas. I didn't know that was an attribute of, now. Of, a, of, a, of attack. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, speed. He he thinks to uh, will be uh, will be up there. Yeah, I could I could buy that. I I'm uh, yeah. not going to disagree with that. So yeah. Um, going back to actual football talk, this is one of the more interesting things that that I think I got out of visiting with Colin. Uh, because we were talking about snap counts and player rotation, all those sorts of things along the defensive line, and I asked him if he, you know, feels like he's on the field more for clear running situations. Whereas last year you would see him, you know, disappear for a while and yeah. show up on a third down. Whereas this year he's on the field a lot more regularly than he was a year ago, and he says that he feels like his added weight has helped him in uh, in being able to handle those situations. As well as just having earned the trust of the coaching staff to, to be on on those situations, where he's not just a rush guy yeah. and uh, a pass rush guy, so he feels a lot more comfortable in his role uh, because he feels like he can handle whatever's coming at him. And so, you know, he's he's gotten the opportunity to line up. You know, they'll move that Leo, that rush edge, edge rusher, back into that kind of a middle linebacker role or, or position. And he talked about how much fun that was for him. When you're when you're just reading a play, rather than when you're reading the actual play, rather than just reading the guy in front of you yeah. and reacting to him, the guy that's trying to block you. 
And he said he's had a lot of fun doing that and uh, really enjoys those opportunities to, to just watch what's happening in front of him and, and read and react. So, um, you know, that seems to be a part of the defense that's emerging more significantly here lately. It seems like the last two, three weeks we've seen that, 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 that Leo move back into that yeah. middle linebacker role, which was something they did a lot. Uh, you know, Jordan Brelford was the, was the first one that really did that a lot. Bundage did it a lot. Bundage would do it. Uh, you know, they did it some with Trace Ford his mm-hmm. uh, his first year, seemingly more than than um, the last couple of years. But that's something they've they've gotten back to this year a little more frequently. And I think it's a really good weapon because of the speed and the versatility you've got yeah. from that spot. Because you can still have, you know, you can have Colin Oliver in that middle linebacker spot and still have Trace Ford coming off the edge on, on one side. So they can do so much with that. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. So um, Sean Michael Flanagan was the uh, the last guy that yeah. uh, that we got to talk to. He's uh, he's a very reserved guy. Yes. But but he he does have a lot to say in terms of uh, you know really getting into uh, some football stuff. What uh, yeah. we both talked to him, but would you uh, I, what I do talked you to him to about special teams a little bit yeah. and just kind of how good this unit is was brought up to him and and he talked about just kind of how things have really kind of he thinks they have improved the last couple years they were they were good he's like they were good when i got here but they've really gotten better the last few years um and i asked you know is that because of the way they're coaching now Mm -hmm. because when he got here there was only two coaches right going over the whole special teams unit now there's four there's four different uh assistants directing each unit that's used he said they, they they really are able to hone in and they focus on one area of the other team and say, we've got to win this battle. And it's really helpful. Um, he was really fascinated about that that part of it. Um, and and he just seems like he's getting more and more comfortable. I did ask him about Keenan Daniels. I said, are you a mentor or a big brother? He said, it's kind of a big brother, little brother thing maybe. Um, he's like, got a really good relationship. They really work well together. He said, but Kendall points out things to him that he doesn't realize. So it's kind of a give and take there that they, they work really well together. I like the big brother, little brother idea. Yeah, because I, I, I you you kind of hear this uh, uh, the stereotype of, of big brother, little brother. Yeah, the the older one is the more calm and reserved, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, the younger one's a little bit more crazy. And playing style wise, that absolutely fits those absolutely. two guys. Absolutely, and personality wise, I think oh, a little yeah, bit definitely, too. Definitely, definitely. So like it fits. Um, yeah. you know, it's, but I think they're growing together in different mm-hmm. ways, and so it's it's been fascinating to watch. I decided to ask him about it. You know, it's 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 really interesting because I mean, Flanagan is a fifth-year senior, yeah. But this is his first time really getting a chance to start. Uh, like he's been a special teams guy his uh, basically his entire career. Yep. He was a, a big-time get. Uh, they uh, they pulled him away from Arkansas late in the recruiting process. He was the number one-rated player coming out of Arkansas that year. A big a big addition who's just been kind of a second-team guy behind all yep. those stars that they had in the in the safety spots the last few years, and now he's getting his opportunity. And uh, and you know splitting time with Daniels, who is obviously very talented, just a, a little less controlled, and uh, a, you know a little less uh, uh, detailed in his uh, in his um, you know knowledge of, of the defense. And yeah. you know, Mike Gunny made the comparison that he's you know he's he's not always going to be in the right spot, but he's always going to be going 100. Right. Yeah. He's always going to be going full speed. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Playing and had a great game. 11 tackles, yeah. and he only played uh, 60 some snaps, 68 snaps maybe. And it was underrated, like it was, right. it was kind of unnoticed. Like he didn't really yeah. feel like he was there a bunch, but he was there a lot making yeah. plays. And so that's a good sign, I think, moving forward that Flanagan's starting to settle in and feel a little more comfortable. Yep. 
All right. Anything else we need to get into before we jump into the uh, the Stone Cloud Six Pack? I'm ready for a six pack. I'm ready for a six pack as well. Let's uh, now. This is uh, this is really fun because usually I give you a heads up. Oh yeah, I have no heads up. I, I just realize, I, I just I realized don't have that. Any idea what the football questions are? No, you have no clue. I know the other part, but I don't right. know the football questions. Yes. So I really have done no. Re- usually I don't research anyways, but right. I've literally done no research yeah. this time at all. You at least have some time to think. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I but have no, a general idea. Uh, and maybe, and I'm, uh, I'm keeping my phone turned away from you. I don't want you looking this ahead. This is totally a surprise, everybody. Yeah. Here we go. Um, uh, before we get to this, uh, another reminder: uh, scores in the comments. We'll drink a beer for you next week. Yes. All right. Number one, c- cracking the top on the Stone Cloud Stone Cloud six pack. Over or under eleven point five rushing attempts for Spencer Sanders against Texas. Does he rush the ball that much? That's how many times he carried it this week. Eleven. Does he carry it more? Do they try to protect him more? What? I think I'm going to go under. Are you? Yeah. I think I'm going to go under. I think they're going to protect him a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to get more other running backs involved besides Dom. I can see that. Can't can't uh, strongly disagree with that. Can't argue. Uh, that said, I'm going over. That's fine. I think that uh, I don't necessarily think that there are going to be more called quarterback runs yeah. this week, but I think that he will end up running oh, more, than, more than 11 yeah, times. That's fair. So I'm I'm going over the 11 and a half for uh, for that one. All right, we've talked a lot about the defensive line and their ability to uh, to influence how this game goes. Over or under 3.5 sacks for Oklahoma State. Over or under 3.5 sacks. I'm going. I'm gonna take the over. Are you really? I'm gonna take the over. All right. I think they're gonna they're gonna let loose this week. Okay. I think they're just going to uh, go in attack mode. Not all out blitzes, but they're gonna go in more attack mode than they have the last few weeks. Yeah. I uh, I'm I'm going under. I'll okay. say that right off the top. I I do think they have a better, a more significant influence this week yeah. than they did a week ago. I just I, I think this Texas offensive line is really good, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna be able to protect. Um, I almost said Hudson Card, but uh, it, you know Oklahoma State would love that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, Quinn Ewers will will be upright most of the day. Two to three sacks is the max I'm uh, I'm giving up at, at this point. I'm going point. four. I'm just going right over. I think I like I'm going to put it right That's at solid. four. That's solid. All and right. I think two by Oliver. Two by Oliver. Yeah. Ooh, strong call. I like yeah. it. All right, last one. That's uh, what happens when I, when, I, when I really free freelance right. here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last one on the uh, the football questions here in the six-pack. Over or under 2.5 field goals made by Tanner Brown? Over. <laughs> going over. He's hit four the last two weeks each. Right? So I'm going over. This dude has been really solid. <laughs> And I pointed this out. I don't think I pointed it out on the show, but I wrote it in the paper that he had been – most of his misses had come on grass fields. Yeah. He was three of six in, uh, I think, just two games on, or on grass fields in his career at Oklahoma State. Four career misses in, in the entire two seasons here, and three of them have been on grass. He goes down there, yeah. not only is, is perfect on four attempts, hits a 52-yarder in overtime. Best. In overtime when they yeah. had to have it. Uh, or they're just basically giving the game away at that point. Yeah. And and he nails it. Um, Mike Gundy pointed out that that's pretty close to his uh, his max. Um, I think he has a few more yards in him. A few more, but not a lot. No, not a lot. Maybe fifty-five. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I'll give him. I'll give him that. Um, Are you taking the over or under? You didn't say. Oh, I didn't. Did I? I'm taking no. the over. Okay. I'm taking the okay. over. I'm uh, I'm all in on yeah. on on Tanner. And then there are issues well. too. Oh, should keep stalling in the red zone. They do. And so I think that's. You know, I don't know if that's going to change necessarily yet. Or they might have a lot of possessions, too. Right. And that's been part – their red zone numbers aren't horrible 
based on yeah. when you start looking at some of the other teams that are scoring at the rate that they're scoring. Yeah. Uh, they've had uh, their 30 of 31 on just getting points in the red zone this season. Nine of those have been field goals. So nine of Tanner Brown's 12 field goals have come when the offense has gotten inside the 20. But when you compare to other teams that are that are uh, similar in their red zone uh, efficiency, you're seeing a decent number of field goals from, from those teams as well. So it's not crazy bad, but it could become an issue if, yeah. they, uh, if they, you know, start coming up starts happening more regularly that they're uh, that they're going to the field goal all right anything else football wise before we uh before we head into uh to our draft no we're halfway through the six pack i want to keep that's going exactly right don't stop now all right the draft topic this week fitting i think for the uh th- this time of year scary movies scary movies i will be completely honest i've not watched a scary movie in probably at least a decade if not longer no scary movies at all not really no. not even I've old just- ones no, okay, not really. Like I'm just not that really into them anymore. Yep. I like fair. some, but I just don't go back to them. My wife doesn't really like scary movies, so mm-hmm. it just doesn't really. Can't really watch one with happen. a one year old in the house. That's no, uh, no. That's the, tough. You know, Cohen is not a scary movie fan either. Right. So uh, he got a little jumpy in Toy Story yesterday. So I don't think I can pull a scary movie off yet. Listen, toys come to life and start talking. <laughs> yeah. Who's not going to be freaked out that's by that? True. Let's uh, be that's true. Let's be honest. Fair. All right. Uh, who's going first today? I have no idea. I'll go first. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just do it that way. All right. All right. I'm, uh, I got to be honest. I took a course on the history of the scary movie in college. Did you really? Yeah, well, I that's did. That's interesting. I took, I, a, I took a movie course, but I did not take a, it did not focus that. Yeah. It was like strictly that. horror movies. Um, and, and this is where I became addicted to The Shining. And that's my first pick. Okay, The Shining. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I was really jealous. My son this summer got to take a trip up to Colorado and went to the Stanley Hotel, which was known as the Overlook Hotel in the Where, movie. Where's that at? Estes Park, Colorado. I've seen it from a yep. distance. Uh-huh. I've not been there, but I've seen it from a distance. Yeah, he got to go in, tour some of it, check it yeah. out. Uh, I was really jealous. Uh, he's obsessed with it now yeah. and, and, and wants to go spend the night there. Can I admit I've never seen it? That's fine. That's I've never fine. seen it. I mean, it's a, it's a 70s movie. I'm not yeah. going to... I'm not going to hold you. Never seen it. If you told me you didn't know it existed, we would have an issue. Oh no, I know it existed, but, but I, I, a, it's I a Stephen can, King book. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I just I've never seen it. I'll buy that. So. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, all right, your turn. Number one, man. So I'm I'm not a big buff on this. So I don't have a lot of the old movies, but I'm going to go with Saw, the first one. Okay, because it's still one of the most thrilling movie experiences I've had in a theater. That's fair. Because I mean, it's gory. It's not that part that thrilled me. It was, it was like, oh my god, this is a, this is awful and everything. The ending, when and spoiler alert for whoever has not seen Saw, which I'd be stunned if there's a lot of people mm-hmm. watch. When the man gets up from the room, it's been there the entire time. I literally screamed, and said other choice words in the theater because <laughs> it was like I was in college. I was some fraternity brothers, and it was like, oh my god, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And that still stands out to me. So I mm-hmm. think I've got to go Saul with number one. It's really interesting you bring that one up because that was the movie that signaled to me it was time to stop watching scary movies. That's fair. I I watched maybe the second, maybe the third, and then after that, that's when it started signaling to me, yeah. I'm good. And honestly, I'll tell you, I hated Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. That was my signal. That might have been one of the last ones I ever watched. Yeah. That I was like, nope, I'm out. This is done. Yeah. This is stupid. Right. I laughed at it, and, and, and I was done. Yeah. Um, yeah, right there with you. Once um, the Saw series started, The Ring, um, The Grudge. Ugh. Yeah, I was I, I was I was done at that point. I enjoyed The Ring. 
Really? Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't get into that one. I was in high school. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I, I need a little bit of clarification before I make my next pick. Um, I, I know. Uh, I know that this is was probably a little bit weird. You consider Back to the Future a scary movie? No. No. Okay. Why would I? I don't know. There was something. <laughs> there was something about about time travel that 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 freaks me out. Like the flux capacitor. <laughs> All those no, things. That, that's the never flux capacitor didn't. Did, the flux capacitor did not scare you at all. Never crossed my mind no. as a scary movie. Okay, I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> okay, um, uh, toss that one out. That's Six Sense is Six Sense oh, a scary movie? That's a, I should have had that on my list. That's a good is one. Is that a scary movie? Do we? Yeah, I, I will go with okay. that. All right, I will go that's with my, that because that's, that's my next pick. Six yeah, Sense. like man, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking that one. Um, you know, I don't want to don't want to spoil it. So I, I don't want to give away <laughs> I the ending. Saw. <laughs> right. The killer's right in the room the whole time, everybody. It's he's right there. All right. In that in that case, I didn't know that the dude was dead the whole time. No, I, blew my mind. I remember watching I the first time. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I uh, I was all in on uh, on on Sixth Sense. Love that. Yeah. Uh, love that movie. All right. Up to your next pick. My next pick. I'm gonna go with seven. Strong. That's and strong. I know that may not be a scary movie to a lot of people. It's kind of a crime thing. I don't know. I think it qualifies. That movie's fantastic. I think it qualifies. The whole idea of the seven deadly sins, what's in the box, you know, this whole thing. That movie, I remember watching that in college for the first time. It kind of changed how I viewed a lot of movies. And I think that movie still is just so great whenever I get a chance to watch it. I haven't watched it in maybe a decade either, but I mm-hmm. love that movie. It's a that's that's strong. I really like that. Yeah, that's one that I never would have considered, but I absolutely yeah. qualify it as a scary movie. It's to me, I want to me for my scary movies is I don't want to go for the. I know I went gory with Saul, but it was the experience I'm picking there right. more than anything. It's not like I've watched it much since because I they got ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I want something that's a little bit more makes me think more mm-hmm. than just scare me. Yeah, and so that's where seven kind of comes in there. All right, I like it. Very strong. Um, I had a, a lot of debate about what my third one was going to be. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was really strong. Oh, I'm not going with it. That was really strong. That was another one that's from my one. my history of the horror film class that that I became addicted to. Really love that one. Uh, but I'm going to uh, to the the heart of the scary movie experience for me in high school was the Scream series. I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just pick. I'll just pick one. I'll pick number one right off the top. That's good. But the uh, the entire early part of the series before it got yeah. a little crazy at the end. Yeah, uh, was really good. I love. Uh, I love Scream the first. Yeah, one. that one and like I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Those are yep. all like right. You know, those are right in our wheelhouse. Absolutely of, of that and uh, and Final Destination. That was another. Uh, that was another one that was on my list. I dare you to drive behind a semi with logs <laughs> on it and, th- and, and not think about that movie. Right. I think about the movie every time. I'm like, ooh. Yep. Anytime a semi has anything like that, I'm like, ooh, it makes mm-hmm. me nervous. Yep. So yeah. No, that was that was another one on my list. I meant to mention, but yeah. Yeah. You're good. Go ahead. What's your uh, your All final right, my, pick to my wrap my up the Stone Cold Six? Third pack. one. Sorry, third one. I'm gonna go. I'm torn between two. But I think I'm going to pick the Mothman Prophecies. Ooh, have you strong. ever seen that one? Uh, yes, I have. I love that movie. That's fantastic. It's creepy, more than anything. It's it's not. It doesn't scare you. There's some moments that'll jump and kind of make you jump, but that one always just leaves me feeling just kind of. And it's just, but it's really, really intelligent and smart. It's based on somewhat of a true story with the bridge collapsing and things like that. And 
and Mothman Prophecies is, you know, the, the Mothman stuff is real to a lot of people. And that movie, I think, is excellent, and it creeps me out, and I love it. I know what uh, no to be here. It is. I love that. Um, yeah. Which was, there was another one that I was considering for my third one. One problem was I couldn't remember the title of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was a, a Denzel Washington movie where uh, there's a spirit that lives and passes from person to person, and they're all haunting him, trying to kill him. I don't remember that trying one. Trying to, to, uh, yeah. to get him. He's like a, trying to solve the, this crime, and I can't remember the name no, of it. I, and I feel really dumb all. for that. But I was also considering Frailty. No, I'm not familiar with which that. Which is a Matthew McConaughey movie, I believe. The problem yeah. is I can't remember the exact plot, but I yeah. love that movie, too. I know it's a guy that thinks he's killing people because they have the devil in them, I think, is what it is. It's really good. All right. It's it's also another intelligent kind of mind-thinking one. All right. Because he's admitting to the crimes as he's telling things, and so it's... Good stuff. Yeah. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, maybe uh, we'll stick with uh, spooky time of year theme next week yeah. and, uh, and, and dive into something else. But um, anything else before we shut this thing down here at, no, at Stone Cloud? I think we're having a lot of fun here. We've got you know our old colleague John Helsley's That's here, right. sitting right over there. Can't with, hear a word we're Dean saying because it's so Tulsa loud. World and yeah, um, you know they old can't colleague people there. So it's, they have no uh, idea that we're talking about here. them. Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll uh, they'll watch this later and, yeah. and realize that we're talking about. Yeah, them right we'll now. give them a shout out. And they, yeah. they don't even know it. No, no clue. That's all right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and, uh, and wrap this thing up. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you were listening. Thank you to Addison for uh, putting this all together and making oh, it look fancy. This what? is Addison's last podcast with us. Is it already? I think it is. You, might, I, I think you're right. And I hadn't so realized it, it snuck up on me. We so want to thank Addison. For, She's for been fantastic. Real. She's been great. Yeah. Um, I hope she listens to this completely for her last time. Thank you so much, Addison. You've been great. Yes. I'll see you on the softball field next summer, and it'll be a blast. Is she still going to be allowed on the team? Is she going to have to get like her I, own team? As far as I'm concerned, she's allowed on the team. Okay. Well, that's 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 fine. I got no problem with what it. What I say goes. I have no there idea. There you go. I have no, what I say means nothing. I'm with it. But, but yes, uh, thank you very much, Addison. Yes. You have taken good care of us here at the Cowboy Chronicles. All right. With that, we'll, uh, we're going to wrap it up and finish our beer here. Uh, but uh, we remind you to come out and check out all the fun stuff they got going on here at Stone Cloud. Got the, uh, the, the food trucks. They got all sorts of stuff lined up throughout October right there. Just... Uh, uh, zoom in on that and check it out or uh, follow them online uh, at their social media places and, and keep up with what, everything they've, they've got. We appreciate them taking good care of us. And thank you to all of you who are following us along at the Cowboy Chronicle. <laughs>